So how are we? Ah, some people are very sad. Eh? We are in the presence of God, okay? When you are in the presence of God, be happy. Because you are in the presence of your father. Are you aware? Eh? Anyone who was forced to come here today? Just raise your hand if you are forced to come. Okay. So we all came willingly. So let's just be happy. Let's enjoy God. Let's enjoy the presence of God. The Bible says in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. Okay. So just be happy. Enjoy God. My name is very simple. M-U-K-A-D-D-E-A-Y-I-G-G-A M-I-S-U-S-E-E-R-A That's my name. So you can, you can say it. Anyone got it? Anyone got the name? You don't do mental work. We used to do mental work in our times. They just mention a word very fast and you figure it out. They just do some little multiplication you figure it out. So can I repeat my name? M-U-K-A-D-D-E-A-Y-I-G-G-A Someone guess the name? Okay, the second one. Okay, guess the second one. That may be harder. Just be very, very M-I-S-U-S-E-E-R-A Anyone guess the name? Uh-huh. So we can go with that. And Miss Sarah is my name. I'm the only one with those names. I know we are only two. Yes. Great. Now I'll go very slowly. Miss Sarah. Mukadaiga, alias or oh, alias Tendo Cookie Man. So on Facebook, just look for Tendo Cookie Man. I will be the one. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a joy to be here with you. A joy to share in God's word. I'm married to sweet Martha, blessed with two beautiful daughters, Bethel and Pendel. All of them are called Moende because they are very precious. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Lord, what a joy to be in your presence. What a joy to, to hear your word. We pray that Lord, you will speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we are looking at Jonah. You've had the past about two, three weeks. The story of Jonah. So all of us are familiar with the story of Jonah. And this morning, as my sister Ethel read for us everything, thank you very much. And we are going to look at Jonah chapter 3. But just to bring us to speed, we know the story. Nineveh is a very, very wicked city. It was a city of the Assyrians, and these were enemies of Israel. They actually tortured Israel. But they were very, very wicked. Have you ever thought of wicked? The word wicked. Okay, sometimes wicked these days at times people say it's wicked when they mean the opposite. Eh? But they were wicked. They worshipped other gods. They were involved in all manner of sexual immorality. They were, you know, sacrificing even their children in fire. So it was a very wicked city. But at the same time, they were enemies of Israel. They oppressed Israel. So God sends Jonah, go tell that wicked city to repent. Then Jonah wonders, no God, 
this city is too wicked to be forgiven. One. Two, this city has been our arch enemy. How can I go and proclaim a message to them? So Jonah says, God, I know I will not go. Let me take another route. So in reading chapter 1, Jonah decides to take another route. Which route? Tarsus. Lo and behold, while on the sea, a violent storm. So to cut the whole story short, Jonah cannot run away from God. That even on that sea, God was available. He is omnipresent. And God gives him is a transport in form of a fish. So God orders the fish, please go follow up that ship. Move close to that ship. Open your mouth closely because I'm giving you someone to transport. And there, there, Jonah enjoys free transport in the belly of the fish for three good days. And as we read chapter 2, we see Jonah coming back to his senses. He begins to cry to God. God, I know you. I am calling out to you. I am distressed. Listen to me, God. I am going to obey. I'm just saying it in summary. I'm going to obey. I know you are gracious God. I can't run away from you anymore. One more chance, dear Lord. And God in his mercy, in verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Hallelujah. So that's how Jonah ends up where we are. So now listen. So the word of God comes to Jonah a second time. And I want us to mark that. A second time. In Jonah chapter 1, the word of God had come to him the first time. Listen, in Jonah chapter 1, he disobeyed. But now in the second time, because he had experienced something new about God, verse, verse 3, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. How come? Now he obeys. Let's try, run back briefly to chapter 2 verse 8. He says, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jonah discovered, you know, God has been gracious to me because even in my rebellion, I discovered this God. So he clung on to God and God gave him a second chance. If he had not turned to God, there would be no opportunity to experience the grace of God. Walk with me. Jonah recognized God's grace at play. Listen, how could God be gracious to such a rebellious guy? Just imagine, let's come to our own you know, us as us. If your father instructs you to do something and you don't, the next thing will be to give you some interesting canes. Okay, that's our time. I don't know whether it happens to you, but that is our time. He would say one thing. If you don't obey, the second thing is down. You know, or any other punishment. But listen, for Jonah, he discovers, yes, I disobeyed this God. But yet this God has been gracious to me. And mark that, I'll be coming to it after some time. But two, that despite Jonah being rebellious, still God gives him a second chance. Friends, what a God we have. 
and I want you to think through this God. This is a God who remembers. This is a God who actually comes to our aid even at times when we are living in rebellion. God still chose Jonah to be his mouthpiece. So can I say this, friends? It's by God's grace that you and me are living. If everyone of us thought through our wickedness, remember what you did last night? Remember what you did yesterday? Hello? Now look at me. Remember what you did the other week? If God decided to treat you like that, would you be here? Would you be here? Actually, the Bible says God has not treated us as our sins deserve. And God is demonstrating his graciousness. That he gives Jonah a rebellious guy, a rebel. He gives him a second chance. Jonah, come back. I can still send you. I'm not going to look for any other person. It is you. The guy was running away from God. God gives him a second chance. Friend, you and me are very rebellious. I know I am rebellious. I know. I know most of you are a rebellious lot. Walking in rebellion, walking in sin. Yet God in his mercy preserves us. God in his mercy gives us a second chance. God in his mercy uses us. Even at times when we are walking in our in rebellion. Listen to verse 3. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. And that's what changes everything. After the experience in the fish, three days, he discovers if I do not obey this God, it is to my disadvantage. My friends, if you and me do not obey God, it is to our disadvantage. Because this God owns the entire universe. He owns the sea. He owns everything. There is nowhere you can run to. Even when he thought I can hide in this ship. He went under the ship. He was napping, enjoying, passing. Thinking, ah, uh-uh, now I've hidden from God. God found him there. So friends, you and me cannot run away from God. So which lesson do we learn from this particular point? God allows us at times to go our way so that we can come back to our senses. God allowed Jonah to go his way so that he could come back to his senses and discover without God he is lost. So the best thing to do was to obey. And when Jonah obeyed, now everything started to go as God had planned. So friends, many times if we care enough, the trials we go through are meant to purge us. They are meant to awaken us. They are meant to bring us back to our senses and get back to God such that we can walk in obedience. So maybe you and me have been going through some tough times. At times, those times are a wake-up call for you to get back to the roots and obey God. Maybe you're wallowing in sin and life seems to be coming to the deep end. You seem to be drowning. 
Listen, the Bible says, Jeremiah 8, 4, when men fall down, do they not get up? When a man turns away, does he not return? Jonah discovered, I am running away from God, but I need to return. I need to obey. He returned. So it's the wake-up call I want for us this morning. The main point is not how much you have fallen. The main point is how much you're willing to obey now. Get up and walk with God. Get up and get God. How do we get up? By obedience. The demonstration of our repentance is seen in our obedience to God's word. The Bible says Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. So the question is, you and me, are we obeying the word of the Lord? He obeyed. He turned away from his selfishness. Because his selfishness was this. I do not want those people to repent that they are destroyed. <laughs> because they had been their enemies. So he wanted them dealt with. Because he knew if God comes in the equation, they are going to be destroyed. So it was a selfish thing. So God calls us to obey his word, turn away from our selfish desires, and turn in his direction and obey his word. Verse 4 to verse 5. On the first day, Jonah started out in the city, proclaimed, 40 days and, and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. Hallelujah. This was, this was a wicked city. This was a city that had no reverence for God. But listen, when Jonah proclaims God's word, they do what? They believe. There are a few points I want to make under that. Listen, it's the proclamation of God's word that brought faith in the Ninevites. The word of God has power to expose our sin. It is the word of God that turns us back to him. The Ninevites believed after Jonah had proclaimed the word of God. Remember they were very wicked as Jonah tests in chapter 1. As, as God actually declared in chapter 1. Go to the great city, verse 2, of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. They were wicked. But it's the word of God that exposed their wickedness. And then they returned. And it's my prayer that even as you listen to God's word this morning, God's word will expose your wickedness. God's word will expose your sin. God's word will expose my sin, my wickedness, my selfishness. And I become like the Ninevites and turn to him. All of us have a portion of wickedness. All of us. You can't lie to me. The Bible declares clearly, all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. You and me have sinned. We are stinking wicked sinners. We are diseased by sin. If I came into your thoughts, you know what you've been thinking. Sinfulness, wickedness, lust, selfishness. But the word of God is able to expose. But when the word of God exposes, it should bring us to a point of surrender, a point of belief in God and that meeting, Lord we are nothing, as the Nidavites do, they now went into fasting 
everyone discovered we are sinners. We are doomed. And listen, the fasting, even the king participates, even calls on animals to also fast. So it was that kind, it was to that level, leaving no stone unturned. When the word of God exposes your sin, what do you do? Do you just say, ah, ah, that boy is just shouting, that reverend is just shouting, ah. Think through. When your sin is exposed, God calls you to a point of repentance. God calls you to come back to terms with him. God calls you to come, he says in Isaiah 1.18, come let us reason together. Even if you have been stained, your sins have stained you, they are as red as crimson, I'll wash you and you'll be as white as snow. That's what God calls us. That when he exposes your sin, come reason with him, tell God, this is how I've been walking. God, you know the wickedness of my heart. Redeem me, heal me, forgive me. Turn me upside down, Lord, here I am. That's what God expects you and me to do. And listen, when you read, when we go on and on, they repent, they say, God may yet relent and have compassion and turn his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Listen to verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Hallelujah. That when they discovered their sin, when they repented, when they called on God, God had them. God relented. God turned things upside down. So the point I'm trying to make, God's salvation is available to all who choose to turn to him. Your sin is not too big for God. Your wickedness is not too big for God. God provides a solution. God calls you, God calls me. So as we repent and turn to him, God is able to serve. God is able to redeem. God is able to forgive. Listen, none of us is beyond God's salvation. No one here on earth is unsavable. The Ninevites who are very wicked, who are enemies of God, could be, were saved. Listen. You are not far away from God's salvation. You are not, your sin is not too much for God to save. Your wickedness is not too wicked for God to deal with. God's salvation has appeared. Titus 2, 11 to 13. Titus 2, 11 to 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God's salvation has appeared to all. And that salvation teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. That once we embrace the salvation that God gives... You forsake your sin. You say, God, I obey your word. I now want to walk with you. I want to desert sin. 
you start living that life where you're saying no to every manner of ungodliness. Hallelujah. So our task is to proclaim God's word. Our task is to walk in obedience to God. Our task is to forsake sin. Our task is to genuinely walk in repentance. Genuine repentance averts God's anger. Nineveh was meant for destruction like Gomorrah and Sodom. But because they genuinely repented, God's anger was averted. The Bible declares in Romans chapter 1 that God's anger has been revealed on all humankind, on all wickedness. It has been revealed. And actually God shows us his anger on the cross. We are soon going to commemorate, you know, Good Friday. But that is how much God punishes sin. Violent. Jesus dies a violent death because of sin. God unleashes his wrath, his anger onto Jesus on the cross. Because at that point, he had carried my sin. As Peter testifies. He had carried my sin in his own body on that tree. So God unleashes his anger on sin. God has violence towards sin. God punishes sin violently. But listen, in this dispensation, Jesus averts God's anger. So whoever puts their trust in Jesus, they are forgiven. They are redeemed. Hallelujah. So a few questions for us to think through as I prepare to shut up. One. One. When your sin is exposed, what is your response? When the word of God exposes your sin, what is your response? Is it to hate the preacher? <laughs> is it to hate that brother, that sister? Is it to give excuses, blame game? You know, it was not me. It's because this girl, it's because this boy, it's because, it's because. Or is it as the Nidavites did, that you will come in repentance and forsake your sin? Remember the wages of sin is death. So if you keep in there, you will taste death. Hallelujah. But listen, friends, God has not given up on you. God has not given up on me because of our past mistakes. He is a gracious God. Hallelujah. Jonah would not have been used by God if God was not gracious. God would not have forgiven Nineveh if he was not gracious. Jonah experienced God's grace. Nineveh experienced God's grace. We to today experience God's grace once we come to faith in Jesus Christ. So friends, it's not enough to keep hearing God's word Sunday in, Sunday out. But God calls you and me to obey. Obey. For sex sin, obey. Thirdly, when God convicts us of sin, it does not mean doom. Can I repeat? When God convicts us of sin, it does not mean doom. 
Rather, God is staying, put things right, repent, forsake it. But when we do not heed to the conviction, then doom comes. So if God, if God is exposing any sin to you, it's not yet over. Listen, God wants you to turn away. Embrace the forgiveness that he offers in Jesus and walk free as forgiven. But if you don't, then doom awaits you. Hallelujah. Fourthly, our God is gracious. Our God is gracious. So your past is not the issue, but rather your willingness to obey. It does not matter how many times you've fallen, but how you get up. Psalm 51.17 The sacrifices of God are a contrite heart a broken heart, a contrite spirit, he will not despise. So God calls you and me to break our hearts, to be contrite, to be broken, and return to him. 53. Maybe you've been walking in sin. Listen. Through Jesus, when you turn to God, you will be forgiven. And lastly, maybe you feel disappointed with God. And you feel, no, God, no. And you think there is no room for God to listen to you. You think, God, you've, 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 you've afflicted me for long. No, God. Listen, God is in business of restoring. He is gracious. He is merciful. Hallelujah. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. And I just want us to, let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. It's my prayer that the Holy Spirit will examine us this hour. If you've been walking in any manner of sin, obey. Agree with God. Confess that sin the way it is. And ask for forgiveness. In Jesus, God forgives. Hallelujah. In Jesus, God forgives. That's the first category we are going to pray for. We are going to pray with. Then I will be giving the second prayer direction. So just come to God as an individual. If there is anything that God is exposing, just say, God, here I am. Here I am. Just tell God, here I am. As you. Precious King, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you because you are available to meet us. Lord, I commit these your sons and daughters to you. Lord, you tell me that your word is living, your word is active, your word is sharper than a two-edged sword that penetrates even to dividing bone and marrow, that judges even the intents and desires of our hearts. Lord, may your word expose any manner of sin and wickedness in us and cause us to walk with you. Go ahead and pray. If there's any issue that you need to bring before God in repentance, tell God, this is the way I have been walking. I have been wicked. Just be honest with God. Be honest with God. Tell God, this is how I have lived. I've been sexually immoral. Tell God. I have lived in lies. Tell God. 
I have lived in disobedience to my parents. Tell God. I have not loved others as I ought to love them. I've been lazy. Tell God. I've walked in wickedness. Tell God. Lord, we come before you on the basis of Jesus Christ. That Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for every manner of wickedness. Whichever we've walked in way that has not pleased you, Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. The second bit, maybe you're here, but you're saying, when I look through my life, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to pray with you. You are saying, I want Jesus. I want him to be Lord over my life. Because that's the only way we can walk uprightly with God. In our own effort, we cannot. We are leaking beings full of wickedness, surrounded by wickedness, but we need Jesus. That one who reconciles us back to God. So maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, I need Jesus. I need to get out of wickedness. I want to ask you, if you're there, just raise that hand. I want to pray with you specifically. You saying that I need Jesus. Anyone? Okay. Is there any? Okay, let's pray. Precious King, we thank you. You offer us salvation in Jesus. I pray for these, your servants and maiden servants. The Lord, each will be reconciled to you. So may your spirit continue to work within us. If any of them have lived in disobedience, Lord, I pray that you will give them a second chance as you gave it to Jonah. Glorify yourself and may your word continue to dwell richly in us. So friends, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord who is able to keep us from falling will guard us in him. I pray that the word of God will richly dwell in us. I pray that the Lord will stir up our hearts to walk in righteousness. I pray that the Lord will be pleased to make his home in each and everyone's heart here. I pray that the Lord will stir up our hearts for him and only him. I pray that the Lord will increase a desire and a yearning for righteousness within our hearts. I pray that our hearts shall be settled with God. I pray that Jesus will be Lord over our lives. I pray that our hearts will be closely knit with the heart of God. And I pray that none of us will leave the arms of God. That in his grip we shall be found daily. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. God bless you.